Star Wars 7x7 episode 2034. Today, it's a resistance briefing, and we're coming up on the last resistance briefings because this is about the series finale and part one of it, which is called The Escape. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So I guess <laughs> technically the escape is what part two is also called and in fact there's not really a part one and part two although they are labeled at the um, press website as episodes 18 and 19 of season two of Star Wars Resistance and they are in fact the last episodes in the series. And this is a full spoiler briefing for that episode, so if you haven't seen it yet, then, you know, if you don't want it spoiled for you, you know how this goes. Anyway, so season one ultimately led to the destruction of the Hosnian system and the overlap of the show with the events of The Force Awakens, and also featured as its major turn, Tamra Vora defecting. I mean, I guess not really defecting, really, but just joining up with the First Order and leaving her friends behind and deciding against the whole resistance business with, you know, everything that happened with Yeager and Kaz and whatnot. So season two was, among other things, going to be very much about how Tam Revora ultimately comes back from the First Order to join her friends again, or at least that's sort of the way that I've been viewing this whole thing because I've been operating under the presumption that, yeah, it's going to happen, it's just a matter of when and how. And so that is ultimately what this episode is about. We've had all these little breadcrumbs for, you know, little things that have not been sitting right with Tam over the course of this season, but finally we hit the thing that is just the straw that breaks the camel's back and it happens immediately as this double episode kicks off, as part one kicks off, if you will, with the First Order returning to the Aos system. And this is the system that we saw in the New World and No Place Safe where the Colossus thought that they had found a refuge, but it turned out that the First Order had already been there and the First Order had left probes behind and Kaz triggered one of them that alerted the First Order to their presence on Aos. And so at the beginning of this episode, they return and they start bombarding the planet, which is something that we have seen in other Star Wars media. The First Order deciding that a particular planet, if they had anything to do with resistance whatsoever, that they just had to be utterly annihilated. And it didn't matter, you know, what it was that they did. Just, oh, the resistance was here, even if you kicked them off, too bad, bang, 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 and that's it. And so we get to see that here as well. And Jace Rucklin, who has just played, ugh, uh, I mean that in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah Wood has done a great job with the character of Jace Rucklin, who just gets under your skin and you're like, ooh, the weasel. So, yeah, he's done very well with it. <laughs> um, he's His whole attitude is, oh, yeah, they're getting what they deserved. This is a good thing. And Tam has had it. This is finally the breaking point for her. And so she reprograms a mouse droid in order to break into Agent Tierney's office to get 
her comlink that connected her back to the Colossus and sends a coded message. Incidentally, the bucket list extra thing on StarWars.com says that the Mousteroid, which is named 5L, is named for Fievel, the mouse from An American Tale. So Mousteroid, Mouse Fievel, cute. Anyway, <laughs> she's able to send a coded message to the Colossus that says, meet me at Castellon in three days. Well, it doesn't exactly say that, but it's encoded. And so Yeager, and Kaz go fully aware that it could be a trap. Doza thinks it could be a trap, but they're going to try it anyway. And the way that Tam is ultimately able to get there is by leading a training mission that she says, hey, we're going to go over to this place. And Ruckland's like, Castellan, why are we going there? And she's like, you know, don't question my orders. And they go there and naturally <laughs> there's a first order transport with Kaz and Yeager waiting there. And Ruckland's like, hey, that's Kaz and Yeager. And Tam has to elbow him into unconsciousness, which is like, ah, oh, so satisfying. And another bucket's list extra thing, this Tash Tor system, which is where Castellan is, is also, or Sector, excuse me, the Tash Tor Sector is also the same sector where Takodana is. So it's kind of in the same general vicinity and we hadn't really known much about Castellan's location. So now knowing that it's in the same sector as Takadana, well, that at least gives us a little bit of a framework for just knowing where it is in the galaxy. Anyway, ultimately things go awry because they figure out that they went to Castellan, the First Order figures out, and so they show up and they capture the shuttle, and yeah, it doesn't go well. And it doesn't go well for Jace Rucklin either because when he comes out, the First Order is like, hey, you're under arrest, and he's like, I'm not part of this, you know, I just got sucked into it. But they don't believe him, and so you're kind of like, ah ha ha, just desserts. Meanwhile, Kaz and Yeager and CB23 sneak out through one of the landing gear ports and set the shuttle to self-destruct and are able to at least get away from the initial contingent of First Order troopers, but they are on the run in the Star Destroyer and their presence has been noted. Additionally, Rucklin also tells the First Order, including Commander Pyre and Agent Tyranny, that he knows where the Colossus is. And so they jump into hyperspace to go after the Colossus. So at the end of part one, it's really one of those like, oh my gosh, great cliffhanger situations because Kaz and Yeager and CB23 are on the run in a Star Destroyer and they're locking everything down. The Colossus is just kicking around waiting to hear from Kaz and Yeager and they haven't heard yet, but they don't know that danger is coming through hyperspace toward them. So that naturally sets up a very tense part two of the escape, which we will talk about on the next episode. But before we wrap up this episode and this briefing, there's one aspect of this episode that I wanted to flag for you that was really kind of striking in its way. And we'll talk about that right after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. 
So, the scene that I wanted to mention to you was a scene where Commander Pyre and Agent Tierney are talking to General Hux about their situation, about how they've been doing their best to try and get the Colossus. And Hux doesn't even say anything in this scene via hologram. Instead, he just walks off the hologram and who should walk into the hologram frame but Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren is not voiced by Adam Driver in this particular instance. He is voiced by Matthew Wood, who you might know best as the voice of General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith itself, but also an Academy Award-nominated sound expert for the Star Wars movies, too. So, man oh man, Matthew is a talented guy. He does a very good Kylo Ren in this situation, and a rather fearsome one, where he basically berates them for their failures, and, you know, when they say, you know, we'll step it up, he's like, yeah, are you sure you think you can? Like... Should I believe you? And he threw the hologram through, gosh, who knows how far away he is, but uses the force to make them, as they're kneeling, stand up, draw their blasters from their holsters, and point them at each other, which, you know, for a kid's show is kind of an intense situation, especially when resistance has been pitched as sort of toward younger viewers. I mean, it's not like they, you know, <laughs> had Kylo Ren make them hold the blasters to each other's temples or something like that. So, I mean, that would have really been bad. So I'm sure there must have been some discussion about, hmm, how close can the blasters get to each other before it starts to get a little bit too intense for our younger audiences? I don't know, but there you go. Um, that's as much as we're going to talk about on this briefing for the first half of The Escape. And that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. So thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.